Unidentified vessel. Please submit your clearance codes. This is Justin. Force will be with you. This is Josh. Always. This is Kyle. And we are the Outer Rim Beacon. Hey, hey, everybody. It's uh, Balu Frick. I almost said the wrong name of the show. It, 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 welcome to the Outer Rim Beacon. Uh, this is Josh. Yeah, Josh got his groove back, just like Stella. Mm. Uh, and I am joined by... This is Kyle, and this is not generally how we do the intro, so I am thrown for a loop, but I'm ready to talk about The Mandalorian. I wish Justin was here, um, not because I like him better than Josh or anything, but just because I like him in general. <laughs> I I also wish he was here, Yeah, because, you know, hosting. He, he, he keeps <laughs> us in check, frankly, is the thing. Yeah. Keeps the show dad. moving in he's, a, he's the dad of the show in a so clear direction yep he, he writes the ship hey well before before we i'm just gonna say hey a bunch i think maybe we'll see um, before we before we get into um the show here i just want to remind everyone of where you can find us online we are on twitter instagram facebook and live journal at Outer Rim Beacon, all one word. You can email us at outerrimbeacon at gmail.com. You know, subscribe to us and rate us anywhere you listen. Um, It's a podcast. Yeah. You know what? I'm just, I'm allowing the listener to use their brain. Okay. Take it that last mile on their own. Yeah, I mean, if they're already hearing my voice, I'm hoping... You know, we're already halfway there. Well, don't try to rate or review us wherever you listen to records or whatever else you listen to. Just do it wherever you listen to podcasts. Or or do it at your local record shop. Go into your local record shop. Tell the guy behind the counter, you know, uh, subpar, three stars, outer and beacon. Sort of analog, but it might work. Yeah. On a broad enough timeline. There, that would be effective. Yeah. <laughs> so, Kyle. Yeah, Josh. I've been watching Narcos just because Daddy's in it. Mm-hmm. Pedro. Yeah. Yeah. I like it a Freaking lot. Espanol. You can't look away though, because they're almost always speaking in Spanish. There's only like three people in the whole show that speak English. Yeah, you so. got to be rocking those subtitles, baby. Which mm-hmm. I always do because I'm easily distracted and uh, I think volumes on TV shows are inconsistent. Boom. Called out TV. So I think it's true. I'm coming for you, Hollywood. I think it's true. But anyway, I just I had to derail to yeah. not something. Yeah, Pedro Pascal. Vaguely um, not Star Wars. It's kind of Star Wars, though, because Pedro's in it. So yeah, He's so hot right now, though. And not even Narcos isn't even new. I guess he's been hot for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, celebration, Europe. Yeah. It happened. It's they over. They went there. They did it. We didn't go. They got the t shirts. Yeah. There was, man, those, some of the t shirts looked cool. Um, For $40, buttons. they better be the best t shirt you ever saw in your life. Ooh. I hope they're not on Gildan at, the, at those oh, prices. God. 
Oh, God. 30, Cal, 30 feet wide and 20 inches long. You hate a golden shirt. And thick, too. Thicky Real thick? thick. You, you're you're going to be sweaty. Like a milkshake. Like Tarkin's thighs. <laughs> thick boys, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and so, you know, in the in the most devastating m- news to come out of Celebration, Celebration twenty twenty five in Japan, ah, gutted, boo, absolutely gutted. I can't go to Japan. Yeah. I'm too heavily tattooed. They wouldn't even let me go anywhere. I couldn't go to the gym. I couldn't go to the spa. What am I going to do in Japan? It's so far away. It's the other side of. The I gotta country. have my shirt on the whole time. To the to, to the wrist and the neck covered to the ankle? I don't think so. I think people have tattoos these days. I think you'd be all right. Still, I think it's there's other. Although I do remember other barriers. I do, I do remember. I do remember a story about how Sporty Spice wasn't allowed to go into a gym in Japan because of her tattoos. No, she I think has, gyms and spas really, and like uh, swimming pools and stuff like that, really, you're they're still banned. Maybe that's their way of keeping Yakuza out. That's literally not that what, you'd know anything about that. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I don't know why you keep bringing it up, uh, but yeah, that's I, exactly I, what, what, what are you talking about? Um, yeah, no, that's a bummer. And so, and I feel like we know that it's going to be another two years till the next I one know. because so looking, the next one is the fiftieth anniversary. We're looking at twenty twenty-seven thousand twenty-seven, four years away. Ugh, that's heartbreaking. God, I'll be 41. I don't even want to think about how old Justin will be. I hope he's not, Mm. I hope he doesn't have to use a walker at that point. Yeah, push him around in a wheelchair. At least we could probably get some front of the line access. Yeah, that's true. It's not a complete loss. Uh, We're finding, we're finding an upside already. Yeah. Justin's old decrepit state is going to get us to cut some lines. (laughs) <laughs> uh, you started the show saying something nice and we've already yeah. gotten into well, it that's what you get for not coming to defend yourself <laughs> <laughs> so what do you what do you you know you didn't have a chance to you uh, weren't here last week so you not. didn't have a chance to talk about the stuff that um you know was announced and and shown so mm-hmm. what how are you feeling about uh about things do we want to you want me to tick through things and you can kind of let us know or Yes. First, I will say, though, I think I was a little disappointed in the coverage. This is the third celebration that I've tried to watch online. One was London. Obviously, I didn't go. There was another London that I didn't go to. And then I wasn't able to go to the Orlando that was between uh, Anaheim and Chicago. So both of those I watched online and there was a lot of coverage. Obviously it blacked out when they were showing like the super, super, super early first cuts of trailers and little clips and things like that. But you got these big panels and maybe they didn't do that for Chicago and, and Anaheim to the deuce. We were there, so we weren't watching it online, but, uh, the coverage for a celebration this year in London for the viewers at home was very, very minimal. And uh, that was kind of weak. I wish I could have seen a little bit more. Hmm. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand. Like I understand the blacking out of special things. Although I don't, I don't understand why the special things when they are like finished special things aren't, 
then like put on the YouTube like a week within a week. I mean, give the people who did, who were there something like uh, God, God knows they don't get an exclusive collectible anymore. Give me a break with that. But uh, I'm cool with there. There is some stuff that's just for attendees. I get that. But like, I still watched the announcements in real time. Like, here's what's coming up next. And here's what, here's the date for this. And here comes all the actors and all that stuff. We always got to see it. Um, yeah. And well, you know, I, I have to imagine that one we saw in Anaheim was so crazy with so much stuff coming out. I'm sure that that probably was not aired live anywhere. Um, no. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but anyway, I was a little bit disappointed in that. But yeah, let's tick through some uh, some of the big stuff, and I'll let you know my quick one sentence all thought. All right. Uh, well, so let's let's uh, let's start small. Um, how do you how did you feel about the Visions trailer? Uh, I thought it looked okay. I think it's going to be fun. I really enjoyed the first season for what it was. Um, I think there was some high and low points and i think there will be again uh it seems like maybe this season they're trying to do a little bit more of a cohesive thing across all of them but maybe not maybe that's just sort of like the impression i was getting um Mm. i don't know we'll see that's the first thing we're gonna be seeing so we'll we'll be able to talk about that in practice in a couple weeks do you do you ever have to knock on wood what do you mean? Well, you said that was the impression that you get. So. Oh, man. I, you know what? Is In the middle of when I was saying, uh, what do you mean? I, I'm like, is this a Mighty Mighty Boston's reference? What did I say? Okay. I need to <laughs> think about what I'm doing I, a little more. Yeah. I, I um, The Visions trailer, I, I was interested to see the... Um, a broader it seemed like a broader spectrum of animation styles and techniques uh this time around so that's that's interesting to me i don't know if i will like the wallace and gromit uh meets star wars thing that it right. looks like we're getting or not but we'll it might be awesome so we'll see yeah um what about um what else did we get what about the ahsoka trailer uh, there was a lot going on there. You know, I love Rebels. I feel like I've said it so many times, it's almost silly for me to repeat. But to be getting all these characters and the continuation of that whole storyline, uh, I'm pumped about that. The guys rocking the, like, those are not red lightsabers. Uh, they're, nope. like, orange. Orange. Um, I'm into it. Let's I want to know what they've got going on. They look very sick. Um, I'm going to pick a nit, and this is so dumb. I'm going to say that right off the bat. I already know it. But right at the very beginning of the trailer, Ahsoka does that thing that she does in Season 7 of The Clone Wars where she uses her lightsabers to cut a perfect circle in the floor and drop down a level. Yeah. Uh which she did, which was cool. Uh, and she did it like in an emergency situation to get her and Rex out. But like in this trailer, she just did it to like go downstairs in an empty building. And I thought it was really dumb. Uh, but other than that, I was really pumped about, uh, the trailer. 
Hopefully, there's some maybe there's some context that we're obviously not seeing in the trailer. I would like to think. Um, yeah. So okay. So next question is: Did you watch? Did you happen to be sneaky online and watch the slightly different trailer that they showed at Celebration? I did not. It had more content to it. I'm assuming something we haven't seen in the official released one. Yeah. There's there's two things. I mean. It, it, it was most most of the same footage uh cut together in slightly different order um and there were two things that it showed the second one showed that weren't in the first trailer and neither one of them is really a spoiler but it's just cool hmm. do you want me to tell you what yeah, it yeah, is yeah. or go ahead so you're saying so, the one that was officially released afterwards has two additional things in it or two less things in it no 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 two less things okay so what are those two other things so the the two and there might be something else i'm missing but the two things that were in the uh trailer that they only saw at celebration and didn't release was thrawn's face oh okay there's a shot of thrawn's face and then there's uh so after the title card you know, Ahsoka, mm-hmm. and then they they show like one little more piece of clip, and it's a ship flying alongside a enormous whale. Oh, and then it shows. Yeah, well, I'm assuming it's a pergil, mm-hmm. but you only see like the very front of it, and like the baleen, like you know the mm-hmm. they ha- they look like um you know like toothless whales, um and. uh and then they show like inside. It's like just a fast cut of that, and then like Ahsoka and Sabine in the ship going, you know, like looking up, like, mm-hmm. "Oh, what's that?" You know, even though they've definitely seen Pergil yeah. before, but and um, and Ezra's riding on top of it, like Mace Windu's riding. I did not oh. see that. Oh, okay. Uh, no, that's cool. I'm into it. I'm, I'm well, very, honestly, very very pumped for that show. As as like not over the moon as I am about Rosario Dawson in and how the, that character has like been portrayed in live action so far. I am extremely, extremely excited about the show and the storyline. Well, I think, I mean, we've already seen Zeb. Oh, he looks God, great. He was so good. Yeah. And you know, this is, this is Dave doing this show. So we know it's just going to be like, it's going to be like exactly what we think it is. It's going to be an extension of, you know, a, a, a sequel to Rebels. So I really want, um, I mean, it's going to be right in your wheelhouse. So. I really want my Sabine and, and Hera's to feel uh, true to their Rebels characters too. Um, I think they both look great. I hope they, you know, kind of sound and, and feel great too. Yeah, I just I would assume I I just would assume that since it's the same creator, uh, you know that it should be. Mm-hmm. I I I trust him to understand the the tone of the characters and of the story in the way you know I expect it to be the same um, because it's Dave. So and that's not just like that's that's not like uh you know there's there's some people that are like oh Dave and John Favreau are like so like 
Yeah. Un, no, um, like, as though they they have unassailable. Never, would never make a mistake. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I'm just saying, like, I would I would have the same thought if like if there was anything like this, like Bryce Dallas Howard or or uh, Quentin Tarantino made this one thing and then they made this other thing that was a like it, because it's the same yeah. coming from the same person. I expect the tone to be right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think my 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 only like minor concern would be the switching of of actresses and actors across the same character um you yeah. know it, that's that's tough because no two people can act behave react exactly the same way so how close can they get you know like katie sackhoff is at such a such an advantage there because bo-katan is bo-katan is bo-katan no matter where you see it um you know and they they got i think it's steve right uh, to to do Zeb, obviously, yeah. like that's a CG thing, but still, like, so that was hundred percent dead on. Um, you know, how close can these these actually different, newly cast people get? Is all I'm I'm saying. I right. I know Dave knows like exact, and he's going to give them every single tool possible to know what these characters are and what they're feeling and all that. Yeah. What do you think about the new movie announcements? Um, I'm pumped about it. So I think the sequel trilogy is what it was. I think there's a lot of things happening in the Mandalorian that are clarifying some unanswered questions that we're, we're slowly getting around to some of those things. Um, I'm not going to use the term fix. I think that's a little bit much, but I think we're going to fill in some gaps and they're telling us the somehow. Yeah. Somehow Palpatine returned. Here's the somehow. We we talked about that. I talked about this a little bit last week. Where I was, well, and how you did know, the first order even come about? That was they never even like. Now the first order is here. That was always kind of a yeah. weird, ambiguous thing. And I think this Shadow Council and these uh, warlords kind of scheming in the background and Thrawn coming back and all that stuff. I think it makes that all like, oh, okay. There's a little context to that. Yeah, which we got some of that, but you had to read a book yeah. or books to, to get it. Written yeah. word. Yeah, Ugh. I, I read a lot of books. That's messed up. Homework. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, go ahead. <laughs> no, but so I, I think that was disappointing to a lot of people, that trilogy. But then I can't imagine as much as we love the Star Wars TV, it's about the movies. You know, that's that's always been the thing. Um so I, I'm very excited that we're getting back to it. I think I've always been a big Daisy Ridley fan. Um, I've always been a big fan of the Force and using it. And, um, you know, she's all the flipping Jedi. So let's see see what she's going to do with that. You know, I, I, I'm I'm interested. I think there's no way they'll fumble the ball again the way they did in the sequel trilogy, you know, like whether, whether you hate wit, no matter which one of the movies you hate, I think there's enough displeasure about the whole package that they're, they're definitely going to make sure this, the ship's a little tighter on this go round. So, um, I've got pretty high hopes. They just have to make sure that the story is cohesive. That was the major problem. There were obviously other little story beats here and there that we didn't like, but I think the major disruptive force was that they didn't 
go together. Right. A story um, that I wish was something different is one thing. A story that like is hard to follow and doesn't make great logical sense. That's like a whole other thing. Yeah. Um, we I talked about last week though. It's like there's these people that are like upset about what? them telling more stories about the sequel trilogy cast, and it's like. How are we going to connect it to what we know? did you expect them to do? Um, like, that's that this is the story they've told. I think, you know, there's a contingent of the fandom that has Want to just pretend like that all never happened and we'll just... Well, they, they, they have this, this fantasy that, like, Lucasfilm is just going to, like, um, retcon that stuff and start over. And it's like, no, they're going to fill in the gaps and make it make more sense and and work with what they've got like and that's and there was nothing i don't think there was anybody in the sequel trilogy whose like performance or character in general that i didn't like um it's just there were just story elements it's it comes down to the writing like all of them did a great job the writing was just i think either didn't match up or people like actors and actresses did a pretty decent job of delivering lines that they clearly did not believe in, you know, like yeah. uh, we've seen um, John and Oscar talking about how silly the, they fly now stuff is, but um, you, you can't see that in the acting. You can't see that on screen. Um, oh, I forgot about they fly now. I was so annoyed by that. Well, cause it's stupid. And those guys have both said in interviews, it's stupid because there's been jet. They were flying jetpacks all over the clone wars and blah, 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 blah. Like John Boyega said that, and it, but they still delivered the line. They gave it hell and they did it for three movies and whatever. So, uh, those people can kind of suck it. What else were they, what else were they going to do? They could just start with a 100% blank slate of characters. Nobody's ever heard of or seen ever. Luke, Leia and Han are all gone. You know, yeah. hopefully Chewie shows up. Chewie and Ray get along really well. That'd be awesome. But like, we got to start with something. Well, you you know you know who would be still pretty young, and Grogu? hopefully still alive. Yeah, yeah, he might show up too. But, wouldn't that Wouldn't that be wild? They we we never get to Grogu actually talking in the show, and then he shows up in the this next line of. Uh, you know, main mm-hmm. franchise movies talking. Yeah, but he's like a hundred, so he's like an angsty teenager, and he's like, yeah. oh, fine, Master Ray." Ugh. Okay, <laughs> he's not. He's not Grogu Dynamite. You don't know, God Ray, you fat lard. You don't know. You've never heard him. Uh, <laughs> you never heard him talk. That's what he could be like. He could just be exasperated all the time. Do Do we think that? I I think I think. Yoda was already a master by either like one or one fifty. Yeah, I think he uh, he so, says at some point he's been training Jedi for eight hundred years. So he started training when he was one hundred. Then yeah. yeah, okay. You know, Perfect. for eight hundred years, if I train Jedi, my own council will I keep on who is to be trained? Yeah, that whole that whole shtick. What about this? Uh, what about the movie? So uh, I think we've known I hear for a while that a few that, other people direct movies too. Yeah, Man- Mando. You know, Dave's getting a uh, Mandoverse movie, 
and uh and then this this movie set in like the first jedi or whatever like 25,000 uh-huh, years prior yeah. to the battle of the Yavin. dawn of the jedi period yeah that's ex- yeah. that's exciting um that could be really cool there's been a lot of comic books and stuff about that and it's always pretty fun um i like it i think we star wars is a whole universe it's a whole galaxy there's a whole like this whole system they've built like why not explore all kinds of different stuff i i'd love to see something from hundreds or thousands of years before i'd love to see a horror movie i'd love to see like a um maybe like a murder mystery or they could do so much cool stuff in the star wars universe it doesn't have to just be jedi versus sith every day you know i think that we can do a lot of cool things rogue one was dope and there was no jedi in it yet yes there was who leia Okay, give me a break. She was not a Jedi at the time, at, at very Asterisk. least. Wasn't Vader in that movie, too? He's definitely not a Jedi. I mean, from a certain point of view. Fallen former Jedi. I mean, you yeah, don't think see? he got... You don't think Mace Windu kicked him out after that? He he didn't even like the guy before. He wouldn't let him be on the council. Yeah. Or he wouldn't be, let him be a master on the council. He, and that was before he kicked him out of a window and turned to the dark side. Mm, I can't wait for Mace Windu to show up again. Yeah. It, like an eye patch, missing an arm. It, yeah, that'll be so fun. Part cyborg. I love Mace Windu. You know Sam jo- Jackson would do it. I almost said Sam oh, Johnson. Sam Jackson would do Sam it. Sam Johnson would do it, too. I guarantee it. Call up a random guy named yeah. Sam Johnson. You want to be in a Star Wars? He's in. Um. <laughs> Yeah, because that's like one of the silliest deaths. I mean, I guess the reasoning would be that he was already kind of like knocked out or something in the air. But Zapped. like Jedi don't die from falling from high places. That's a like they they actually do lessons about it in one of the books. Maybe that was a comic lesson. Whatever. There, I remember them reading about people falling, and it was in the High it, Republic books. Yeah, it was uh, Loden Great's yeah. storm rip. Too soon. Yep. Never forget. Yep. Master Um. Anything else from Celebration you want to touch on, or do you want to get into this penultimate episode of The Mandalorian? Let's go. It was called. Let's do it. The Spy. The Spies. Uh, the Spies. Plural. Okay, and I think more than one. I think this is what we should go ahead and start with. The first obvious spy is old what's her name? Um Communications Officer Elias Kane. There you go. I knew you were gonna come with the deets if I went if I went high level. Uh so she's clearly spy number one. All right. That's that's the yes. obvious one. That's the low hanging fruit. Who is your best bet for the other spy? There's been a lot of talk amongst the people of the internet yeah that they think maybe the armorer is spy number two uh because she's one of the only ones that survived um when the covert got taken out on navarro she was suspiciously gone when everyone got kind of hung up down on mandalore um 
you know, some other things probably. She's got horns on her helmet. You know, there's some other stuff, but I think those are kind of the the big picture stuff. What do you think? Yeah, the horns on the helmet people kind of got revitalized because yeah, Gideon had horns had on horns his on helmet. His dark Trooper Sitch, yeah. Um, so, uh, the thing, uh, the thing that really points to it for me, and I guess adding that, like, she was one of the only survivors from the, the, when the Imperials attacked them on Navarro, um, is that how much screen time they gave to her flying back. Like, I was sure that something was going to happen. Yeah. Like, Imperial ships were going to come out of hyperspace. She was going to get blasted while they were going through the crowd. Because they kept showing, like, they. I think they showed shots of her flying up into the atmosphere, went back to Mandal down to the surface, and then came back and showed her flying through the clouds again. I can't remember if there was if they broke from it in the middle or if it, but she definitely like there was a whole thing with her going up through that that turbulent whatever storm and breaking through to the outer atmosphere and and calling the ship and telling them she's bringing survivors and it a hundred percent seemed like they were about to get attacked out there or she or something and then nothing ever happened. It it reminded me of how the pacing of movies used to be. Like, you know, nowadays, like, stuff happens really fast. But, like, it, I, the, my favorite example is always, like, the, the original Planet of the Apes movie. Like, the ending. They Like, if you watch that, and obviously I'm going to exaggerate it for comedic effect. But you watch it, and they, like, why, uh, tight shot on them on the horse. Wide shot of them on the horse on the beach. Tight shot on his face again. Wide shot of the horse again, and then like tight shot of his face reacting to something in front of him. Wide shot, tight shot of his face, and then and then finally like, oh, there's the wreck of the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, we're like, like really hammering at home. Yeah. You know, that's what it felt like to me. It's like one of the, that that kind of old old school style, you know, yeah. movie pacing. Um, I think it's possible. I don't know if it's maybe, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think it would be a gut punch, which would work because we want her to be, you know, kind of this true Mandalorian believer. Um, but she seems like she is, that's the, that's the tough thing. Like, I don't know who else it would be really pulling it off. I saw some people say ax. He was like. You know, he kind of talks this talk like he's a warrior and he's a fighter. But as soon as they showed up, he said, hey, I'll go get reinforcements and jetpacked away immediately. Um, I don't know if I really believe that either. Although he strikes me as more of a mercenary. You'd be more likely to be able to buy him or or say we're going to give you a position as one of these Imperial commandos wearing our white Beskar or something like that. Uh, I'm not convinced on that one either, but that's another theory I saw floating around. Um, cause yeah, it, I guess he's the other logical choice. You know, and all of the people who are actually, you know, once we get down all the way down there to the end, when they confront Gideon, you know, the only other face characters we really have left are, are Bo, Paz, and Din, right? Yeah, and it's obviously not any of them because one dies, one gets captured, and the other one is Bo, and I'm quite sure it's not her. Um, 
so I, I don't I don't know who else it would be, really. Uh Grogu. But <laughs> plot twist. Yeah. He could talk this whole time. Yes. 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 Um yeah, I don't know. I think that would be a heartbreaker if it was the um the armor, which, you know, that works too. You think we're gonna find out this week? On this week's yes. episode of The Mandalorian, yes, yeah, and I think I think I think we've been I think we've been warned already by Dave Filoni or someone that like this last episode is going to be it's going to hurt a little like wild, yeah. Well, um, what do we think's going to? Where do we think we're going to end this season? We've got one episode left. Do you think we're going to end with? Din, who has been captured by Moff Gideon, and they took uh, all his weapons, and he's in custody. Are we going to end with him still captured, or are we going to bust him out next week? Or are we going to try to bust him out, and we're going to end up with more people captured? What um, what do you think is going to be the result? Are we going to go in with the cliffhanger of him still in custody, or is he going to break out and escape? Well, the question is, what show do we have next that they could way too early break him out of custody instead of letting it simmer until season four? Yeah, well, that's true. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't... uh, I think it depends on who the spy is. I think it depends on what's going on with all of that. The other thing that they said that they didn't deliver on was he said, like, let's go handle them in orbit, you yeah, know, while yet. we have the element of surprise. And they never showed any sort of attack. So, But the fact that those three Praetorian guards came in to take out Paz implies to me that he got the reinforcements he asked for, oh, yeah, including no, all the 100%. bombers and the tie the extra tie reinforcements or whatever they were calling it. So um, he presumably has a pretty full fleet that could go up there. And, you know, the Mandalorians had a, a good amount of ships up there too. It looks like cruising around, including their, their big light cruiser or whatever that is. Um, but again, if, if someone on that light cruiser or, or captaining it or someone we don't even really know about is the actual other spy, and they're taking control of one of those big ships. Um, that could be a whole other thing, too. I don't know. I can't imagine we're going to lose too, too many more Mandalorians. Because unless there's other groups we're going to go acquire later. Um, if these are the main two groups of Mandalorians left. Three now, if we count the Mad Max Mandos they picked up. But... There's not a ton of them, you know, if we kill a half or two thirds of these, we're like, now we're rebuilding a society with 50 people or something. And all of a sudden it's like, I don't know, I could be wrong or I could be missing something, but that's almost like not an exercise in futility. Like you can't even with less than a couple hundred people, like, what are you even rebuilding? What are, what are you even able to do? Um, yeah. So I I like to think that the Mandos can't just keep taking too many more heavy losses, you know, like a character here and there or or, or individuals is one thing, but to just see that whole fleet taken out, that would be almost, 
like now the show has to take a whole separate direction, which maybe that's what happens, but um man, I wouldn't like to see that be the end of the Mandalorians. No. I can't see Moff Gideon having the final say and getting one over on him. So I don't know. I did think all that stuff with the Shadow Collective and um, the Project Necromancer and that whole meeting was really interesting. It was like kind of subtle politics and stuff and, and jockeying for position. Uh, Moff Gideon, I think, is clearly planting the seed to everybody like, hey, it's probably time for us to stop waiting for Thrawn and just put me in charge, which I think oh, yeah. Grand Admiral Thrawn is probably not going to care for when he shows back up. Um, yeah. But I, I thought that was cool. You know, we got all those little character reveals and we're talking about these um, these cloning projects and giving them kind of cool names. First um, first live action appearance of uh, Pelion. Mm-hmm. That was cool. I I did, you know, I always gripe about Star Wars's uh, more recent laziness in not naming background characters. You you've been on record with this, yeah. They've made they made a point to only identify the two people who you need who are connected to somebody else. Like so, they identified Hux and they identified Pelion, and then everyone else is like unnamed Imperial Shadow Counselor member one. Un, you know, I don't know that. Like, I don't, I don't think it actually says anything like that. But like, I don't even think there's I really. Thought even there stubs. was one that looked familiar to me that they didn't give a name, but maybe he was. I just recognized the actor or something. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a that was a bummer, but yeah, that, I mean, it's cool to hear all this Thrawn talk and for mm-hmm. Pelion to be there. And um, I thought, uh, I wonder if that's our cliffhanger is that we we get introduced to Thrawn at the very end of the next episode. That'd be cool. Maybe even over a hologram or or a back. Yeah, of no, the, I yeah, I was. The head I think it. I think it would be something like that. Totally. Yeah, not a full yeah. reveal. Yeah. Uh, that would be very sick. And I thought the, uh, I'm going to keep calling them the Mad Max Mandalorians uh, that had kind of been surviving on the surface on their weird skiff thing. I thought they were pretty cool too. A cool take on some Mandos with some kind of like post-apocalypse stuff going on, finding a way to survive. Um, Disappointed it wasn't anybody we already knew. Yeah, I I mean, it could what if that was like Fen Rao or something? That's what I was thinking. Uh, if it was Fen Rao, would have been super dope. Um, he's probably like the one, right? He's the. I don't know that there's another. I mean, I guess members of Sabine's family, but they probably have a little bit more. Um, you know, we might be leaving them out for a reason. Yeah. Well, and they were kind of yeah. like a a rich family. Uh, yeah, well, so, they, and they didn't live on Mandal- Mandalore. Right, they had either. their own estates and all that. Things would have gone differently for them. Like Fen Rao and the Protectors, they were like, um, like just true Mandalorian kind of militia dudes. Um, but on that skiff, sh- like surface glider ship thing, they had when Din- when Bo was having her like kind of cr- crisis of faith. Uh, about I'm not sure if I can bring these people together. All I've got is this weapon, and and Din gives her the whole speech about you know the all I know of that weapon is what you told me, and um 
you've got courage and honor and bravery, and that's why I follow you, Lady Crees. Your song has not been written, uh, and I will follow you till it is, or whatever he says. I that like gave me chills. I loved it. It was one of my favorite like little monologues of this whole series so far. Um, and it's true. I, I think she's realizing it's less about that. Like if she just walks the walk and does the right thing that it's all going to work out in the end. Uh, and like we were talking about, maybe if the armorer is the other spy and that gets exposed, maybe that's kind of the catalyst that can t- finally tip the scales for everyone to really fall in line behind Bo as their, their one like Mandalorian leader. Uh, but I, I really loved that. It was true. I would follow Lady Bo-Katan myself. I believed Din when he said it. Um, it was great. And I think she needed to hear it in that moment, too. I agree. That was a I really, as a big fan of Bo-Katan, I really, I really liked that, uh, that whole dynamic and that whole scene. That was really cool. Okay. Um, you got anything else from this episode you want to touch on? I'm really excited to see where it, uh, we got. I mean, we got those. Uh, are are they Imperial Commandos? Like the whatever he had his like Beskar kitted up. Um, I don't know. Whatever people. What 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 are we calling those? Are those the same things from Rebels or just like a similar version? I don't think I I I got the feeling that they weren't Mandalorians, right? Because like the ones in on Rebels were Mandalorians who were just turncoats, correct? I don't I I felt like these were just he had just jet troopers who also yeah armor. who also just happened to have armor, yeah. Okay, that's sort of the impression I was getting too. Um, yeah, kind of cool to see the Praetorian guards um, in slightly different TV design with like kind of a more primitive or maybe we're not the actual guards of the emperor. So we are, so we have different or something. Maybe there's rank to it. I don't know, but it was different than what we've seen on screen, but it was cool to see them in, um, on the small screen, I guess you would say, and that their weapons that they use right through the best car. Yeah. Not, it didn't even seem like it was like a hot knife through butter. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, there's that. Those wild. things are pretty sturdy. They're essentially lightsabers, it seems like. Yeah, I feel like I feel I've actually now that you say that, I feel like that kind of I don't like that because Well, they fight against lightsabers with them as well. I mean, they really are essentially lightsabers. Yeah, I guess. Which I mean, maybe they're powered by kyber crystals. We don't really know, do we? They just have to have more, more like melee attack style weapons because they're not skilled force users to use the blade. Who knows? Do Do you feel like that big creature that we saw in the was that the mythosaur it, or was that something else? It was something else. At first, I okay. thought it was going to be the mythosaur, but then you kind of see its face, and it was a. It looked like. You know those dinosaurs that are like the Stegosaurus, but they don't have all the spikes? Like, they, they've they got the big tail with the ball on the end. The mace like, tail, yeah. yeah. it looks kind of like one of those things. Um, just a big, some other creature that had been unearthed by all this business, like bo was saying. But yeah, not the mythosaur. 
I'm about, I'm about okay, I'm like good. 99% on that. Well, for me, it was like, um, you know, they, what am I trying to say? I, I, my initial thought was that it was that, and then it didn't, I didn't see like, didn't get a good look at, at its face, but it didn't see the, um, like the face horns, the mm-hmm. tusks or whatever. And then also the fact that none of them were like, oh my God, a mythosaur. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the other dead giveaway. Like there, yeah. that would have been the, the lead headline for sure. Um, I'm currently looking up, uh, who the warlords were played by. And I'm not like none of these names ring a bell. Okay. So if you're wondering, um, man, there was there was something else I wanted to bring up about this episode, and it's it has escaped me. Um, was it that she was talking to an Imperial probe droid, and it was sending a message to Moff Gideon? I thought that was kind of weird. She went to at the very beginning. She went to like kind of the lower levels of Coruscant to send her yeah. secret message, and she. Keyed, I w- this is where we need Justin. Her her code was TK something something something, and I want to. What was that TK number, and why does she have a TK number? But um, I thought it was weird that an Imperial probe droid just like floated up in an alley in the uh, like lower levels of Coruscant. To well, it just shows you how little um, actual control the New Republic has yeah. at this time. Yeah, no, th- this whole um this whole episode was wild. I was from your reactions, I knew it was good cuz you guys watched it before I did. I mm-hmm. I will say I was expecting some sort of bigger character reveal for how you guys were reacting, but I mean it still makes sense. Oh, I I remember what it was I wanted to say. So, I do I do have one gripe um in the like lead up to the final scene. Mm-hmm. So, they're chasing those troopers because they have the upper hand. And for like, I feel like a quarter mile before they actually get to that cutoff and go, oh my God, what is this? They're running through Imperial hallways. Yeah. Like that are, that are lit and fat and like fashioned. Maintained and yeah. Yeah. I'm like, how did you not realize you're running into a trap or running into something fishy yeah. before you get to the cutoff point and look around and go like I would I feel like I would have uh, the moment I saw that something was developed and running I'd have been like wait a minute what's going on Yeah I think cuz everything else is ruined They probably could have um they probably could have realized a little sooner that something was up that's for sure I'll pick another nit while we're we're talking about this is uh, Paz's I guess strength was like it ran a very broad spectrum throughout this episode. Like when he and Axe Woves are fighting over their game of Mandalorian chess or whatever they're playing. Axe didn't even have a weapon or his helmet on, and they're like essentially at a stalemate. And then when he, at the end, when he decides to, uh, you know, kind of save the day and and buy everybody some time to escape, he plows through all those like Beskar jet troopers single handedly by himself and is like 
uh, this unstoppable tank. Um, I just thought it was it, it was dramatic. It all like fit the story. Fit the story. I get that, but it was like a little silly to me. I do. I do still think that it's plausible because, um, is it? Yeah, Paz. So Paz, when Paz is fighting. Axe Wolves. The only time that Axe Wolves ever actually gets the upper hand is when he like uses his jetpack or does something like when he knees him in the face and kind of surprises him. The rest of the like obviously they're in like a stalemate tugging on each other, mm-hmm. but like that's the only time like Axe only well, gets the upper hand more when he's like, being sneaky. Like specifically there's a point where Axe doesn't even have his helmet on and Paz elbows him right in the head with his Beskar armor and Axe like keeps coming back and fighting, but he was like one punching these other dudes who are wearing full Beskar armor and they're like knocked out and then he's throwing them over a cliff. Like, uh, well, yeah, there was just like a very different result depending those, on the situation. Those, yeah. Well, and I, I think, so the second part of that is I'm not just hyping up Axe Wolves, but also the, the second part is that those throughout that entire fight scene, those, those from the moment the the imperial they were Beskar, not super formidable, but you'd think that yeah, Beskar helmet versus no helmet at all. That's at very least an equalizer. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, whatever. Again, it was like we needed those two to be able to fight each other evenly at that point, and we needed him to like put up this valiant fight to the death at the end. I totally get it. Neither one needed to be sacrificed for the other, but it didn't necessarily like add up the whole time. In my opinion, I told, I leaned over to tab when, uh, so I watched it myself and then I watched it again with her after. And I leaned over to tab and I said, you know that why they killed Paz Vizsla, right? And she's like, no, I was like, well, that's, it's because obviously they're going to, the children of the watch are going to, take off their helmets at some point in the future and you can't have John Favreau underneath the helmet just pop uh, when helmet you get there. Off, so he's gotta be he's gotta be the one you can the directors can be X Wing pilots. They can't be Mandos. big muscular yeah. Mandos, yeah. So they had to uh they had to off him so he doesn't have to take his helmet off. My friend Katie texted me because uh, she is a very, very, very casual Mandalorian fan, as in she thinks the Baby Yoda and the Anzellans are super cute, so she watches the Mandalorian kind of casual. Uh, but she was there's like, worse reasons. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm not hating on her at all. She went to the Star Wars pop up bar here in Cincinnati with me just the other day. But uh, she texted me after this episode like, "Oh my gosh, I, Paz died. That's so sad." And I was like, "Well, you know his." Dad, grandpa, uncle, they don't really specify how they're related, whatever, got his head cut off. So it, it could have been a little worse, at least. You know, <laughs> he, he went down in, in one single piece. Head still attached That's to body. True. That's true. We did we did get a chance to see how formidable, well-made uh, ancestral Beskar armor is, though, because he took a lot of shots. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He was a an, uh, a very very durable tank in that very last part there. Uh, I wa- there's one other thing that I actually cannot believe we have not mentioned, uh, and I think this is because Justin's not here. One of our last things before we uh, wrap up. But how about 
And I, I was just saying last week, as, as much as we all love Grogu slash Baby Yoda, how long can he go on just being an accessory that is too small to even keep up when he walks and cannot communicate with anyone? And then this week, we build him a little mech so he's now seven feet tall and can run alongside Dad and has a vocabulary of two words. What a way to solve that problem. How do you feel about IG-12? Um, I The nerdy part of me was like, all right, how's this going to work? But then the... Fan, the Star Wars fan who likes the silly stuff mm-hmm. in me was like, hell yeah. Although I will tell you, and this is a focal point of this, one of the other thoughts that I had during this episode was like, oh man, that's like another figure I gotta buy. Oh, there's yeah. another figure I gotta buy. Because you know, I, I gotta get a Moff Gideon in the armor. Sure. I gotta get uh, one of those tr- those jet troopers. I gotta get IG-12 with mm-hmm. with Grogu in the, in the saddle. I'm sure there's Something else. I'm, I got to, well, it's not this episode, but I got to get Jack Black. Um, you know, so there's there's just uh, so many figures. Stop introducing yeah. new characters. I know. And they're all. I, oh, I got I to gotta get Pelion. You know, they're going to make a Pelion. That IG-12 is going to be $50, too. So start saving up. Um, hey, $48.99, yeah, exactly. sir. Uh, it's utilitarian. Like, I think it really does serve a purpose. Like, he can walk faster now. He can say at least yes and no to things. Um, but I think it's cool that they used IG-11 to do it. Um, I think I think did they, they bring used in it Taika really to well. do yes and no. It sounded like it to me. I'll bet they did. It's just two words. Well, they emailed him and said, "Hey, record this in your yeah. closet and send it to me." Yeah. Um, I liked it. I thought it was funny. Like, if you watch closely, the way it actually operates, like he moves a joystick in for each step that the foot takes. So when they're running, like he's not just pushing it forward. He's like both his little hands are going back and forth. Like he's on like a little tiny elliptical, just going a million miles an hour, uh, which is really funny. funny. Um, I wonder if maybe they'll program it to maybe give him a few more words to say, or if he'll get a little keyboard to be able to type in some stuff or how he's going to be like those smart dogs on TikTok with the buttons. Yeah, exactly. Maybe he'll be able to like use the force to manipulate it and operate it real slick. I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see how they do it, but I'm glad they kind of like leveled Grogu up a little bit because like I was saying, as cute as he is, like there was, it was getting to a point where it's like, okay, now he's just like, a little uh, a thing he's like a cute thing you carry around i'm trying to remember how did he get out of the getting captured uh there was a door and the door went uh they shut the door down and split him he was so on he the went other through side. the he he was still there and he went through the hole yes that she cut yes. okay i couldn't remember because it was like di- yeah, and then because Din was on the other side, and like maybe one or two other red shirts that got taken out or something, and they captured Din, and then they were trying to draw them out, and she started cutting the hole, and then the thing went up, and and Paz like kind of held him off while the rest escaped. Grogu was in that group that escaped. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I I and I really liked that 
he stopped the fight, that was cool too. Yeah. No, no, no. I was like, that's no, a perfect no, way to no. stop it, and it not, and it them actually stop. Yeah. Like, because I was like, how are we gonna? I was like, if Din and Bo aren't gonna step in, like, how does this end? And as soon as I had that thought, boom, Grogu, there it was, doing the right thing. He must have learned that from Master Luke. Yeah, well, we didn't learn it from. Uh, uh, did you notice she said your apprentice or I your? Did. I hundred percent. And I was like, eh, we've been calling him dead up until this point, but okay, or at least foundling. Yeah, your foundling. Yeah, your ward. Uh, I don't. I. I honestly wonder if they wrote that line in to like really inform that when he said he didn't learn it from me, that he was implying that he was learning it from the Jedi side of his upbringing. Yeah, because if we remember from what John and Dave were saying, Grogu was with Luke for a long time, not like a couple days. Like it feels like he was only there for a second, but he was there for like, I want to say they said years. Like he was there for a while. So he learned some things. Yeah. Obviously book of Boba Fett, you know, even though it seemed like it all took place in like a week, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was a lot of time in between episodes yeah. apparently. So, Anything else you want to touch on about this penultimate episode of the season three of the Mandalorian, the spies before we blow this thing, go home. No, I, uh, I'm just excited for the next one. And then I'm trying to not think about the sadness of the wait for the next star Wars thing. Well, luckily we'll have visions coming up in a couple weeks. We'll have a long wait until another, another season of the Mandalorian. But I have a feeling but we're going to get a Soka show in August, right? So yeah, and I have a feeling we'll get some some more Mandalorian details in that Ahsoka show. Oh, definitely. You know that's in that's in Pedro's and uh, and it's Brendan contract. Wayne's contract that mm-hmm. they have to have one Mando episode in each uh, and the whole spinoff <laughs> season of everything else. Yeah. All right, let's uh, wrap this thing up and call it a day. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. Ooh, listen to that music. Hell yeah, love it. Love that outro. <laughs> hey, Disco Star Wars, can't beat it. Um, yeah, so uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Outer Rim Beacon. Yeah, I know you guys love it when it's just the two of us and I'm fumbling all... You know, I'm actually really good at hosting. This whole, like, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing shtick. thing, is it? it's a bit, yeah. Um, you know, when Justin's but, uh, friends in, in his uh, 501st and everything tell him that it's better when he's on, it's just because they like him. We're really yeah. just... We do a bang-up job with him. Maybe they, maybe he outranks them and they're just oh, they're sucking up. Sucking to up. They officer. have to, yeah. That must be yep. it. Hey, respect the hustle, you know. But yeah, uh, so um, man, all that extra talk. Now I, I don't know, know what I'm supposed yeah, to do. Yeah, follow here. us on social media. Yeah, Outer Rim Beacon, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Email us at outerrimbeacon at gmail dot com. That's G, as in Gamorian, mail.com. That's mail with an um, I. Yep. Yes. 
Yes. Which speaking of male like male Gamorians, is are there any? Where, I mean, there has to be. Why haven't we ever seen mm-hmm. a female Gamorian? Uh, you know, they have r- really rigid, um, you know, societal gender roles. Oh wow, and, they're all uh, homemakers. Yeah, hundred huh? percent homemakers in the home. I don't, I don't like it, but that's just the reality. I was going to go the exact opposite way and say we actually have uh, half of all the Gamorians we've seen have been women. They just look exactly oh. the same. You can't tell. That's, they're not an attractive bunch, but they're equal opportunity. Yeah, I'd almost rather be neither yours. one of those answers I, is great. I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather be slightly <laughs> oppressed. I think. Yeah. Kyle loves oppression. You heard it. Hey, here. No, I just said give him between the two. No, you can you can cut that out, Kyle. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's um, my world. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, so, and you can find me, Josh, on Instagram and Twitter at Battle of Tanab. Kyle, where can they find you? Smooth as silk. That segue. Uh, I am Kyle. <laughs> I'm KB underscore Legend. I am also Kyle, but I'm KB underscore Legend on Twitter and Instagram and OnlyFans and Friendster and MySpace. Don't his OnlyFans is really expensive and he doesn't really show anything. So don't. Gotcha. Now I'm not even going to get the one month out of him. Thanks so much. <laughs> Uh, hey, I gotta let people know. Gotta pay to see. <laughs> oh boy, I know this. We'll is a, uh, this go outside and control. do some Star Wars. There's not that much Star Warsy going on, but find something. Do something Star Warsy. All right, may the force be. With or we'll you. find you. And then always, always. <laughs> <laughs> Woof.